Welcome to the Dead Author Society. Frank Herbert, February 11th, 1986. Rest in peace. God Emperor of Dune Chapter 7 You're not answering my question. You think them inadequate. Some of them looked pretty tough, but others were ah, soft with you. Idaho blushed. Leto found this a charming reaction. The Duncans were among the few humans of these times who could do this. It was understandable, a product of the Duncans' early training. Their sense of personal honor, very chivalrous. I don't see why you trust women to protect you. Idaho said. The blood slowly receded from his cheeks. He glared at Leto. But I have always trusted them as I trust you. With my life. What do we protect you from? Manio and my fish speakers will bring you up to date. Ido shifted from one foot to the other, his body swaying in a heartbeat rhythm. He stared around the small room, his eyes not focusing. With the abruptness of sudden decision, he returned his attention to Leto. What do I call you? It was the sign of acceptance for which Leto had been waiting. Will Lord Leto do? Yes, my lord. Ido stared directly into Leto's Bremen blue eyes. Is it true what your fish speakers say? You have memories of... We're all here, Duncan. Leto spoke it in the voice of his paternal grandfather then. Even the women are here, Duncan. It was the voice of Jessica, Leto's paternal grandmother. You knew them well, Leto said. And they know you. Idaho inhaled a slow, trembling breath. That will take a little getting used to. My own initial reaction, exactly. Leto said. <laughs> An explosion of laughter shook Idaho. And Leto thought it more than the weak chest deserved. He remained silent. Presently, Idaho said, Your fish speakers were supposed to 
put me in a good mood, weren't they? Did they succeed? Idaho studied Leto's face, recognizing the distinctive Atreides features. You Atreides always did know me too well, Ido said. That's better, Leto said. You're beginning to accept that I'm not just one Atreides. I'm all of them. Paul said that once. So I did. As much as the original personality could be conveyed by tone and accent, it was Maldiv speaking. Idaho gulped, looked away at the room's door. You've taken something away from us, he said. I can feel it. Those women. Monio. Us against you. Leto thought. The Duncans always choose the human side. Idaho returned his attention to Leto's face. What have you given us in exchange? Throughout the Empire, Leto's peace. And I can see that everyone's delightfully happy. That's why you need a personal guard. Leto smiled. My peace is actually enforced tranquility. Humans have a long history of reacting against tranquility. So you give us the fish speakers. And a hierarchy you can identify without any mistakes. A female army. Idaho muttered. The ultimate male enticing force. Leto said. Sex always was a way of subduing the aggressive male. Is that what they do? They prevent. Or ameliorate. Excesses which could lead to more painful violence. And you let them believe you're a god. I don't think I like this. The curse of holiness is as offensive to me as it is to you. Idaho frowned. It was not the response he had expected. What kind of game are you playing, Lord Leto? A very old one, but with new rules. Your rules. Would you rather I turned it all back to Chom and Lancerad and the Great Houses? The Tillaloxu say there is no more Lancerad. You don't allow any real self-rule. Well then, I could step aside for the Bene Gesserit. Or maybe the Ixians or the Telaloxu. Would you like me to find another Baron Harkonnen to assume power over the Empire? Say the word, Duncan, and I'll abdicate. Under this avalanche of meanings, Idaho again shook his head from side to side. 
in the wrong hands, Leto said. Monolithic centralized power is a dangerous and volatile instrument, and your hands are the right ones. I'm not certain about my hands, but I will tell you, Duncan. I'm certain about the hands of those who've gone before me. I know them. Otto turned his back on Leto. What a fascinating, ultimately human gesture. Leto thought. Rejection coupled the acceptance of his vulnerability. Leto spoke to Ido's back. You object quite rightly that I use people without their full knowledge and consent. Ido turned his profile to Leto, then turned his head to look up at the cowled face, cocking his head forward a bit to peer into the all-blue eyes. He is studying me, Leto thought. But he has only the face to measure me by. The Atreides had taught their people to know the subtle signs of face and body, and Idaho was good at it. But the realization could be seen coming over him. He was beyond his depth here. <clears throat> Idaho cleared his throat. What's the worst thing you could would ask of me. How like it, Duncan? Leto thought. This one was a classic. Idaho would give his loyalty to an Atreides, to the guardian of his oath, but he sent a signal that he would not go beyond the personal limits of his own morality. You will be asked to guard me by whatever means necessary. And you will be asked to guard my secret. What secret? That I am vulnerable. That you're not God. Not in that ultimate sense. Your fish speakers talk about rebels. They exist. Why? They are young. And I have not convinced them that my way is better. It's very difficult convincing the young of anything. They're born knowing so much. I never before heard an Atreides sneer at the young that way. Perhaps it's because I'm so much older. Old, compounded by old. My tasks get more difficult with each passing generation. What is your task? You will come to understand it as we go along. What happens if I fail you? Do your women eliminate me? I try not to burden the fish speakers with guilt. But you would burden me if you accept it. If I find that you're worse than the Harkonnens, 
will turn against you. How like a Duncan. They measure all evil against the Harkonnens. How little they know of evil. Leto said. The Baron ate whole planets, Duncan. What could be worse than that? Eating the Empire. I am pregnant with my Empire. I'll die giving birth to it. If I could believe that. Will you command my guard? Why me? You are the best. Dangerous work, I'd imagine. Is that how my predecessors died? Doing your dangerous work? Some of them. I wish I had the memories of those others. You couldn't have and still be the original. I want to learn about them, though. You will. So the Atreides still need a sharp knife. We have jobs that only a Duncan Idaho can do. You say... We... Idaho swallowed, looked at the door, then at Leto's face. Leto spoke to him as Maudie would have, but still in the Leto voice. When we climbed to Siege de Burr for the last time together, you had my loyalty then, and I had yours. Nothing of that has really changed. I was your father. That was me! Paul Maudib's voice of command coming from Leto's bulk always shocked the ghoulas. Idaho whispered, All of you in that one body. He broke off. Leto remained silent. This was the decision moment. Presently, Idaho permitted himself that devil-may-care grin for which he had been so well known. Then I will speak to the first Leto and to Paul, the ones who know me best. Use me well, for I did love you. Leto closed his eyes. Such words always distressed him. He knew it was love to which he was most vulnerable. Anio, who had been listening, came to the rescue. He entered and said, Lord, shall I take Duncan Idaho to the guards you will command? Yes. The one word was all that Leto could manage. Manio took Idaho's arm and led him away. Good, Manio. Leto thought. So good. He knows me so well, but I despair of his ever understanding me. (laughs) 
I know the evil of my ancestors because I am those people. Balance is delicate, the extreme. I know the few of you who read my words have ever thought about your ancestors this way. It has not occurred to you that your ancestors were survivors, that the survival itself sometimes involves savage decisions. A kind of wanton brutality which civilized humankind works very hard to suppress. What price will you pay for that suppression? Will you accept your own extinction? The stolen journals? As he dressed for his first morning, a fish speaker command, Ido tried to shake off a nightmare. It awakened him twice, and both times he had gone out on the balcony to stare up at the stars, the dream still roaring in his head. Women, weaponless women in black armor. Rushing at him with the hoarse, mindless shouting of a mob, waving hands moist with red blood. And as they swarmed over him, their mouths opened to display terrible fangs. In that moment, he awoke. Morning light did little to dispel the effects of the nightmare. They had provided him with a room in the North Tower. The balcony looked out over a vista of dunes to a distant cliff with what appeared to be a mud but village at its base. Otto buttoned his tunic and he stared at the scene. Why does Leto choose only women for his army? Several comely fish speakers had offered to spend the night with their new commander. But Idaho had rejected them. It was not like the Atreides to use sex as a persuader. He looked down at his clothing. A black uniform with golden piping, a red hawk at the left breast. That, at least, was familiar. No insignia of rank. They know your face, Manio had said. Strange little man, Manio. This thought brought Idaho up short. Reflection told him that Manio was not little. Very controlled, yes, but no shorter than I am. Manio appeared drawn into himself, though. Collected. Idaho glanced around his room. Sybaritic and its attention to comfort soft cushions, appliances concealed behind panels of brown polished wood. The bath was an ornate display of pastel blue tiles, the combination bath and shower in which at least six people could bathe at the same time. The old place invited self-indulgence. These were quarters where you could let your senses indulge in remembered pleasures. Clever, Idaho whispered. A gentle tapping 
on his door was followed by a female voice saying, Commander, Onyo is here. Ido glanced out at the sunburned colors on the distant cliff. Commander, the voice was a bit louder. Come in, Idaho called. Wanio entered, closing the door behind him. He wore a tunic and trousers of chalk white, which forced the eyes to concentrate on his face. Wanio glanced once around the room. So this is where they put you, those damned women. I suppose they thought they were being kind, but they ought to know better. How do you know what I like? Idaho demanded. Even as he asked it, he realized it was a foolish question. I'm not the first Duncan Idaho that Manio has seen. Manio merely smiled and shrugged. I did not mean to offend you, Commander. Will you keep these quarters then? I like the view not the furnishings. It was a statement. Those can be changed. Ido said. I will see to it. I suppose you're here to explain my duties. As much as I can. I know how strange everything must appear to you at first. This civilization is profoundly different from the one you knew. I can see that. How did my predecessor die? Anio shrugged. It appeared to be his standard gesture, but there was nothing self-effacing about it. He was not fast enough to escape the consequences of a decision he had made. Anio said, Be specific. <sighs> Anio sighed. Duncans were always like this, so demanding. The rebellion killed him. Do you wish the details? Would they be useful to me? No. I'll want a complete briefing on this rebellion today. But first, why are there no men in Leto's army? He has you. You know what I mean. a curious theory about armies. I have discussed it with him on many occasions. But do you not want to breakfast before I explain? Can't we have both at the same time? Manio turned toward the door and called out a single word. Now! The effect was immediate and fascinating to Idaho. A troop of young fish speakers swarmed into the room. Two of them took a folding table and chairs from behind a panel and placed them on the balcony. Others set the table for two people. More brought food, fresh fruit, hot rolls, and a steaming drink which smelled faintly of spice and caffeine. It was all done with a swift and silent efficiency which spoke of long practice. They left as they had come, without a word. 
Idaho found himself seated across from Manio at the table within a minute after the start of this curious performance. Every morning like that? Ido asked. Only if you wish it. Ido sampled the drink. Melange coffee. He recognized the fruit. The soft Caledon melon called Peridon. My favorite. You know me pretty well. Idaho said. Manio smiled. We've had some practice. Now about your question. And Leto's curious theory. Yes. He says that the all-male army was too dangerous to its civilian support base. That's crazy. Without the army, there would have been no... I know the argument, but he says that the male army was a survival of the screening function delegated to the non-breeding males in the prehistoric pack. He says it was a curiously consistent fact that it was always the older males who sent the younger males into battle. What does that mean, screening function? The ones who are always out on the dangerous perimeter protecting the core of breeding males. And the young, the ones who first encountered the predator. How is that dangerous to the civilians? Ido took a bite of the melon, found it ripened perfectly. Lord Leto says that when it was denied an external enemy, the old male army always turned against its own population. Always. Contending for the females? Perhaps. He obviously does not believe, however, that it was that simple. I don't find this a curious theory. You have not heard all of it. There's more. Oh, yes. He says that the all-male army has a strong tendency toward homosexual activities. Ido glared across the table at Manio. I never. Of course not. He is speaking about sublimation, about deflected energies, and all the rest of it. The rest of what? Ido was prickly with anger, but what he saw was an attack on his male self-image. Adolescent attitudes. Just boys together. Jokes designed purely to cause pain. Loyalty only to your pack mates. Things of that nature. Idaho spoke coldly. What's your opinion? I remind myself. Monio turned and spoke while looking out at the view. Of something which he has said, and which I am sure is true. He is every soldier in human history. He offered to parade for me a series of examples, famous military figures who were frozen in adolescence. I declined the offer. I've read my history with care and have recognized this characteristic for myself. 
Anu turned and looked directly into Idaho's eyes. Think about it, Commander. Idaho prided himself on self-honesty, and this hit him. Cults of youth and adolescence preserved in the military. It had the ring of truth. There were examples in his own experience. Manio nodded. Homosexual, latent or otherwise, who maintains that condition for reasons which could be called purely psychological tends to indulge in pain-causing behavior seeking it for himself and inflicting it upon others. Lord Leto says this goes back to the testing behavior in the prehistoric pack. You believe him? I do. Ido took a bite of the melon. It had lost its sweet flavor. He swallowed and put down his spoon. I will have to think about this. Ido said. Of course. You're not eating. Ido said. I was up before dawn and ate then. Anio gestured at his plate. The women continually try to tempt me. Do they ever succeed? Occasionally. You're right. I find his theory curious. Is there more to it? Oh. He says that when it breaks out of the adolescent homosexual restraints, the male army is essentially rapist. Rape is often murderous. And that's not survival behavior. My Nana, August 10th, 1935, to April 3rd, 2022. Rest in peace.